Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Um, in acknowledgement of this, uh, this weekend, this Father's Day weekend, I thought it would be cool, and as a youth class we thought it would be exciting to see what you guys thought characteristics made a good father or made a good dad. Um, to, to represent this, I've written down some of, in my opinion, the bad and good dads through history. And so, starting off with the worst, getting higher to the best, um, some bad dads, not necessarily the worst, but in case, some bad dads in history. Um, the first bad dad was Alois Hitler. He was a, departed from his son's life a lot of the time. He was a cruel and cold-hearted man and just absent, ruled with an iron fist, and didn't really give his son much of a chance to grow. Um, and, and in turn, Adolf kind of grew up to be the man that we know he was. And uh, so Alois Hitler was essentially kind of not there as a father. He was almost departed, like there but not there, which is to be a father, it's, it's, it's almost essential to raise your son. Next on the bad dad scale is Ivan the Terrible. And with a name like Ivan the Terrible, you've got to kind of not be a great dad. <laughs> but he, along with doing all the many bad things that he did, the instance that I chose made him one of the worst dads is what, he had a, a son, and his son married, and they, had, they were pregnant. And when his pregnant, when his pregnant daughter-in-law came in, talked to his dad, he beat her for dressing promiscuously. She was strong to midriff. And then when his son came in to confront him about this, he threw a spear to his son's head and killed him too. He single-handedly wiped out two generations in one afternoon. Bad dad. So we have not there at all, then we have there, but just a bad there. Then next up on the scale is Darth Vader. So uh, not a bad dad, just a dad. You may argue that, well, he's the, the, the bad emperor of the Star Wars universe. Well, I don't look at it that way. I look at it as a, he was a dad who was not there most of his son's life, but in the end, he sacrificed his life for his son, which is really all, all a dad can do. So, yes, not there for most of his son's life. Yes, attacked his son, cut off his hand, but did show his son what it means to be a man. Next. Um, the next dad up there is Homer Simpson. <laughs> which is uh, a, bumbling, a bumbling kind of idiot dad, goofy, strangles his son Bart often, and just not think, but at the end of the day, this man, this man would do anything for his kids. And that's why he's right at the middle line of the thing. Next dad, getting high up on the dad scale, is the fan fell on our baby dad. Now, you may be asking, how do I know this was a, a dad that took this picture, not a mom? Because, well, if your mother and a fan falls on your baby, your first instinct is not to take a picture and put it on the internet. <laughs> so this dad, I'm sure, has many great characteristics but just one flaw. So the next dad up here is um, Mrs. Mr. Doubtfire. For those of you guys that don't know the story, he uh, let a couple of things in his life get, a, get astray and uh, caused him and his wife to be estranged and there, therefore causing the divorce. And through the course of the divorce, he lost custody of his children. And, um, oh, so through the course of the, the story, as it, as it progresses and stuff, he, he thinks of all these ways how he can still be close to his children without it So he decides that donning on a fake cosmetic female thing to be the nanny for his kids would be a good way to get close to him. And he does. He spends time and it, it becomes their favorite nanny. So a good dad. He's getting high up on their next dad. The next dad on the thing is a story that I thought was really, really cool. I put it somewhere. Here it is. Uh, for you, those of you guys that don't know, this is Dick and Rick Hoyt. And I'm going to read the story because I think. And the story speaks for itself. So here it goes. 
Dick is the father and Rick is the son. 85 times he's pushed his disabled son, Rick, 26.2 miles in marathons. Eight times he's not only pushed him that 26.2 miles in a wheelchair, but towed him 2.4 miles in a dinghy while swimming and pedaled him 112 miles in a seat on the handlebars, all in the same day. Dick's also pulled him cross-country skiing, taken him, back, uh, on, taken him on his back mountain back riding, and once hauled him across the U.S. on a bike. <laughs> what has Rick done for his father? Not much, except save his life. The story began in Winchester, Mass., 43, 43 years ago, when Rick was strangled by the umbilical cord during birth, leaving him brain damaged and unable to control his limbs. He'll be a vegetable the rest of his life, Doctor told Dick and his wife Judy. When he was nine months old, they told him to put him in an institution. But the Hoyts weren't buying it. They noticed the way Rick's eyes followed them around the room. When Rick was 11, they took him to the engineering department at Tufts University and asked, hold on, They took him to the Tufts University and asked if there's anything to help the boy communicate. No way, the doctors told him. There's nothing going on in his brain. But Dick wouldn't believe him. He said, tell him a joke, he countered. They did, and Rick laughed. Turns out a lot was going on in his brain. Rigged with the computer that allowed him to control the cursor by touching a switch with the side of his head, Rick was finally able to communicate. His first words, go Bruins. <laughs> and after a high school classmate got paralyzed in an accident and the school organized a charity run for him, Rick told his dad, I'd like to do that, Dad. <laughs> yeah, right. How is Dick, a self-described porker who never ran more than a mile at a time, going to push his son five miles? Still, he tried. Then it was me who was handicapped, Dick says. I was sore for two weeks. That day changed Rick's life. He typed. Yeah, changed Rick's life. Dad, he typed. When you were running, it felt like I wasn't disabled anymore. And that sentence changed Dick's. He became obsessed with giving Rick that feeling every, as much as he could. He got into such hard belly shape that he and Rick were ready to try the 1979 Boston Marathon. No way, Dick was told by a race official. The Hoists weren't quite a single runner, and yet they, quite, they weren't quite a wheelchair competitor. For a few years, Dick and Rick just joined the massive field and ran anyways. Then, they found a way to get into the race officially. In 1983, they ran so fast that they made the qualifying time for the Boston Marathon. And then somebody said, hey Dick, why not try Apollon? How's a guy who never learned to swim and hadn't ridden a bike since he was six going to haul his 120-pound kid through a triathlon? Still, Dick tried. They've done 212 triathlons, including four grueling 15-hour Ironmans in Hawaii. When asked if he would do this on his own, Dick replied, no way. He does it purely for the awesome feeling he gets riding with Dick, riding with his son Rick, and a cantaloupe smile on his face as they run. At ages 65 and 43, Dick and Rick finished their 24th Boston Marathon in 5,083rd place out of more than 20,000 starters. Their best time, 2 hours and 40 minutes, only 35 minutes off the world record, which, in case you haven't been keeping track, wasn't run by a guy carrying his son. No question about it, Rick types. My father is the dad of the century. Now, I think you guys all know where I'm going with this. The best dad, of course, in the entire history, the dad with all these characteristics, and the dad that I'm sure we can all agree is the best dad in the world is... Yes, my dad, Peter Thornburg. <laughs> Just kidding, of course. God we're talking about. God is all of these things. God is super dad. God is... He's kind. He's compassionate. He's loving. He's the best dad. He's all things perfect. He's protective and yet loving. He's understanding and forgiving. He's awesome and awesome. Like I said, super dad. We're not all fathers, but we all came from one. As sons and daughters, we're called to be obedient and respectful, receptive and hardworking, trusting, honest, and willing to learn, positive, pure, and disciplined. 
We must be sensible, dedicated, gracious, and honorable. Father's Day comes once a year. We set aside a special day to honor our dads, shower them with gifts, and partake of eating unhealthy food. Once a year, we spend a whole day loving our fathers, earthly and heavenly. What if that wasn't once a year? What if we set aside a time every day to love our father? What would that be like? How would our lives change?